revelings and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, and here's the word, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And you may be seated tonight. And I want to talk to you uh, just for a few minutes tonight on, on this subject, the sixth fruit of the Spirit. We're just making our way through, and uh, this is the sixth fruit of the Spirit, uh, and it's the fruit of goodness, goodness. So let's bow and go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, we love you. Thank you so much again for the privilege to be at Calvary. And Heavenly Father, we just cannot, we, we, we just cannot begin to say thank you enough. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your protection. Uh, Lord, we sure ask you to continue to rain that upon us. And, and uh, Lord, bless us and protect us and help us, Lord, to stay focused on the perfect will of God and reaching souls and most of all glorifying the Savior. And I pray, Lord, that your supernatural blessings would stay here until uh, the trumpet that we learned about this morning, until that trumpet blows. Now, Father, bless our discussion uh, this, more, uh, this, uh, this evening, and I pray all that's done would honor you, please you, and glorify you, and I pray to help your people, and I pray that we'll leave this place, Lord, better Christians than we were when we entered earlier this afternoon. You're great, you're amazing, and we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake, amen. And so, but the fruit of the Spirit, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, and then I want to deal with that word tonight, the word goodness, goodness. What does that mean? Well, uh, as we've talked about many times, as if we walk in the Spirit, we're going to bear the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to bear that, that love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness. And yes, we're going to bear the fruit of goodness. Goodness is going to be exhibited in our life. Now, what does that mean? And that's, 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 that's the only place we're going tonight. We're going to give you two points, pretty much, and we're going to be on our way down to the Speech Life Center. But what's meant by the word goodness? Goodness. Well, there are two, two thoughts with this word goodness, and I'm going to share those with you tonight. The first one is the word virtue. The word goodness there is the idea of virtue. And again, although we're being brief tonight, I'm going to be honest with you, I was excited about teaching this tonight. Um, because virtue is almost a foreign subject. Uh, in fact, I would never do this, but, but if I were to ask how many know what virtue is, I feel pretty sure that a lot of hands wouldn't go up tonight because a lot of people don't seem to really know what the word virtue even means. We don't use it a lot in our culture, our society, uh, but the Bible says that if we're walking in the Spirit, that one of the things that's going to happen is we're going to bear the fruit of goodness. And that word goodness is the idea of virtue. Now, what is virtue? Well, the word virtue there means behavior showing high moral standards. So what, that's what virtue means. Now, let me give you three quick thoughts about this thing of virtue. First of all, I wrote this down. As Christians, we're admonished by the Holy Spirit to think on things that are virtuous. So take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn, if you're in Galatians, turn over to the right, just a few pages, and look for the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians, and look for chapter number four. Philippians chapter four, 
And look at verse number eight. Virtue. This is such an important topic. Virtue. Philippians chapter four, verse number eight. Notice what our Bible says. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. Philippians four, verse eight. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. Look at this. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And so the Bible challenges you and I to think about things that are virtuous. Did you know the Bible says this? Did you know the Bible says that we're not even to speak of those things that are done in darkness? Those things that are shameful, we're not to even really talk about those those things. Needless to say, we're not to think about it. We're to be thinking about things that are of a high moral standard. That's where our mind is supposed to be. That's the kind of thoughts that we're supposed to be thinking. And so as Christians, we're admonished by the Holy Spirit to think on things that are virtuous. Number two is this. As Christians, we are called to live the virtuous life. So you're in uh, Philippians. Turn over a few more pages to the right. And I want you to find 2 Peter chapter number 1. 2 Peter chapter number 1. And look for verse number 3. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse number 3. Notice this. 2 Peter 1 verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Look at this. That hath called us to glory and virtue. In other words, you know what that means, church? You and I have been called to a high moral standard. We're to think on things that are virtuous. Uh, we're to make sure that we, uh, that we expel those evil thoughts, those lustful thoughts, those, those wicked thoughts, those dirty thoughts. And we're to be thinking about things that are virtuous, things that are of a, a high moral standard. But also we notice here that we are called to live a virtuous life. We're called to live a life that has a very high moral standard. Listen, did you know that we're not supposed to be like the world? You're not supposed to dress like the world. You're not supposed to act like the world. You're not supposed to talk like the world. You're not supposed to live like the world. Why? Because you and I have been called to a high moral standard, but there's something else. As Christians, we're to strive to add virtue into our daily walk. Now, 2 Peter, you're already there. Look at 2 Peter chapter number one and look at verse number four. The Bible says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is the world through lust. Look at verse five. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. And that's interesting. The Bible says that we're to add knowledge, we're to add temperance, we're to add patience, we're to add godliness, we're to add brotherly kindness, we're to add charity. But isn't it interesting that the very first thing mentioned that you and I are to add to our Christian faith is this thing of virtue, a high moral standard. Uh, We're to be virtuous people. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. If there's anything that seems to be missing in our culture today, it's this thing of virtue. I'm talking about goodness, the fruit of goodness. I'm talking about high moral standards. Boy, I'll tell you what we need. We need some politicians on Capitol Hill with some virtue. But I'll tell you what else we need. We need some preachers with virtue. 
And we definitely need some people with virtue. Listen to this. Several years ago, a book was published entitled The Day America Told the Truth. And of the people surveyed, the authors found these results. 91% of Americans lie about trivial matters. 36% of Americans lie about important matters. 86% regularly lie to parents. 75% regularly lie to friends. 73% regularly lie to siblings. And this is so sad. 69% regularly lie to their spouses. Now that's sad. You know what that means, church? We're not living the virtuous life. We're not, we're not subjecting ourselves to a high moral standard. And you know I'm telling you the truth because you work with people like this and you go to school with people like this, but people act as if, you know what, honesty is really just a trivial matter. And you don't really have to be honest anymore. You can be dishonest. Uh, if you want to, you can t tell a lie. You can take something that's not yours. You can shoplift. And it's really not that big a deal. But I'm going to tell you something. For the world, it may not be a big deal. But for the child of God, it's huge. Because we're called to live the virtuous life. And I was thinking about that thing of lying. And I found this little story. And it said like this, though David was only four years old, he often asked a blessing before family meals. And this year he was asked to return thanks before Thanksgiving dinner. The family members bowed their heads in expectation he began his prayer thanking God for all his friends and naming them one by one. <laughs> Can y'all see that happening? The turkey's waiting, amen? And kids do that. So he's thanking God for all of his friends. And then, after he thanked God for all of his friends, he thanked God for mommy. And he thanked God for daddy. And he thanked God for brother. And he thanked God for sister. And then... He thanked God for his grandpa and his grandma. And then he took the time to thank God for his aunts and all of his uncles, but he wasn't done. How little David continued to pray, and now he began to thank God for the food, and not just for the food, but all the individual types of food. And so he gave thanks for the turkey, and then he gave thanks for the dressing, and he thanked God for the fruit salad. And he thanked God for the cranberry sauce and he thanked God for the pies and the cakes and he even thanked the Lord for the cool whip. <laughs> and then there was a silence. And David, never, he never closed his prayer, never said amen. There was a little silence. And they said that the family paused and everybody waited and waited and waited. And finally, after a long silence, little David looked up at his mother and said this, if I thank God for the broccoli... Won't he know I'm lying? <laughs> you know what, church? It wouldn't hurt us to get back to that again. Man, just that, that high moral standard of living in our language, in, our, in every part of our life. I love what Proverbs 31.10 says, and you know this verse very well. The Bible says, who can find a virtuous woman for her price? Her price is far above rubies. Because she's virtuous. She's valuable because she's virtuous. I found this little story. Vicky Amato needed furniture for her new home, and so she responded to a Craigslist ad. And uh, they had a matching set of two sofas and a chair, and here was the clincher. It was all available for free. 
And so she responded to the ad, and sure enough, they said, you can come pick it up. And she came to get this furniture, and uh, uh, Vicky was told that the owner had passed and, uh, and that the family was trying to get rid of the furniture and clean the house out and that kind of thing. And so, uh, man, she was thrilled. I mean, she was thrilled to get it. It was nice. It was pretty nice. And she was glad to, glad to get it. Well, she got it home, and she got it all, she got it all set up. And, and she noticed when she sat down on one of the cushions, it didn't feel right. And so she got up and she touched the cushion and there was something underneath the cushion seat. And uh, this was an older person that had the furniture, so she thought, I know what it is. It's a heating pad. That's what it is. So she took the cushion out and she unzipped it and she reached her hand in the cushion, cushion going to pull the heating pad out. And uh, what she pulled out was uh, several envelopes. And in those envelopes was cash. And in those envelopes was a lot of cash. $36,000 that this lady had hid in her cushion. Now, Vicki had a decision to make. The family didn't know it was there. They had lost mom, but they, they didn't know that she had hid the money in the cushion. And so the kids didn't know about it. So how many know this? Vicki could have just kept it. And nobody would have ever known. But Vicki began to deliberate about that. And she began to think about that. And she began to pray and ponder over that. And Vicki said, you know what? I can't do that. I've got to call this family and let them know. She called the family. She said, listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. She said, I found in the, and she told them what, what she found. And now, wait a minute now. You know what that is, church? That's virtue. Virtue. A high moral standard of living. Now, I know. I know what you're thinking. You say, preacher, the world wouldn't do that. That's exactly my point tonight. The world wouldn't do that, but we're not supposed to do what the world does. We're called to a high moral standard of living. We're called to be virtuous men and virtuous women. And we're called to be virtuous teenagers and virtuous young people. And, uh, uh, and uh, you know, we live in a culture, we live in a generation, and they say, well, you know what? Everybody's doing it. And just go ahead and do it. Go ahead and give in. And uh, listen, that's, that's the mentality of the world, but that's not the mentality of the Word of God. We're called to virtuous living. And so that word virtue means goodness. It means a high moral standard of living, but there's another word, and I want to deal with this real quick. Listen, we're doing good, man, I'm telling you. The last word is the word beneficence. Beneficence. Now you say, preacher, what is that? What, what is the word beneficence? You've heard of benevolence. The word beneficence means generous or doing good. Uh, just doing good out of the goodness of your heart. Trying to be a blessing to others. Did you know there are at least 43 passages in the Word of God that deal with this thing of beneficence? And the Bible tells us that when we're generous to others, that we can expect the blessing of God. Now, I'm not going to have you turn to all these. I'm going to read them off quick, and then I'm going to have you turn to one here in just a moment. Listen to Proverbs 11:25. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Proverbs 22, 9, he that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. Proverbs 28, 27, he that giveth unto the poor shall not lack, but he that hideth his eye shall have many a curse. Psalm chapter 41, verse number 1, blessed is he that considereth the poor, the Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Now, I want you to take your Bible tonight, and I want you to turn to the gospel of Luke, 
Luke chapter number six tonight, Luke chapter six, and I want to teach you, if I could, in the last few remaining minutes, I want to teach you a lesson about this thing of beneficence. Luke chapter six and verse number 38. And by the way, we could give you many, many other scriptures about this thing of beneficence. But notice what our Bible teaches us in Luke chapter six and verse number 38. Man, this is so good. The Bible says in Luke 6, verse 38, give, and it shall be given unto you. Now, look what it says. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Now, someone says, Pastor, what's that teaching? And it's teaching a great truth. And I'm so glad that I, I grew up a country boy and uh, I sort of grew up on the farm, so to speak. We always had cows and horses and pigs and chickens and, and we didn't have tons of money, but we always had steak in the freezer because we, man, we kept our own cows and killed our own cows and, and uh, we always had liver mush and sausage and, and uh, uh, but, but I'm, 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 so, I'm so very, very thankful, very, very thankful uh, for that. Every once in a while, Dad and I would go to the feed store, and uh, the old feed store, and you'd take, a, you'd take an old gunny sack, you know, or old burlap sack. Dad would, Dad would take several burlap sacks, and you'd put that feed sack underneath a chute, and they would hit a switch or pull a lever, and that feed, and I used to love to go as a little boy, and the feed would start coming down that chute, and it'd start filling up that gunny sack. Now, wait a minute now. And that feed would come down and he'd fill that sack up. And then dad, you know what he'd do? He'd take that sack and he'd shake it together. And he'd press it down. And he'd shake it together. You know what happened? That feed would settle down. And then they'd push that lever again. Here came more feed. And he'd fill up that gunny sack. And he'd shake it down, push it down. And that feed would settle down and they'd put a little bit more in that. Now, that's exactly what our Bible's teaching us here about this thing of giving. Did you know that when you give to others, you know what God is saying? I'm gonna pour you out a blessing so much. When you get that blessing, God said, I'm gonna shake it down. I'm gonna press it down. He said, I'm gonna make more room in your sack to get more blessing and more blessing and more blessing and more blessing. And that's what happens when you have this fruit of goodness, when you are involved in benevolence. Now, Calvary Baptist Church, and I know that you know this already, but I'm just gonna tell you something. And I know, and I, by the way, I don't think there's not one solitary soul here tonight, uh, but, but uh, if anybody does, if anybody goes down here and says, preacher, we're just spending way too much money, we're spending way too much money on facilities, and we're spending way too much money on missionaries, and we're spending way too much money on all this kind of stuff, I, wanna, I just want to tell you something, that it never fails. Every time we spend something toward God's work, you know what happened? God opens up the chute, and the feed starts coming down, and we say, wow, look at that gunny sack, it's all full, and God says, oh, no, it's not. Watch this. And he shakes it down and he presses it down and he shakes it down and God opens the windows of heaven and pours us out more and more blessings. Church, I'm listen, I'm not making this up. I'm telling you, every time we do something for a servant of God, for a missionary, or put a missionary on the field, it is like God opens the windows of heaven and we can't even receive it all at Calvary Baptist Church. Now, you know what that is? That is beneficence. 
Man, it's just having goodwill. Man, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's just step out in faith. Man, let's just do it. Now, listen to this story, and I'm done. I read the story about a woman who found a valuable stone in a river. It's valuable. It's a beautiful stone. She took that stone, and she put it in a bag. And never really thought much about it. She was a very simple, she was a very simple lady. And they said that later, uh, later a traveler came and he asked the woman for something to eat. And so she didn't have a lot, but she said, yes, sir, I'll be glad to give you something. She opened up her sack to get some bread and give this bread to him. And when she opened up the sack, that traveler saw that beautiful, beautiful stone in the bottom of that sack. And he said, ma'am, how about giving me that stone? She never hesitated. She said, absolutely. I'll give it to you. She reached in her sack and took out that beautiful, valuable stone, handed it to the man. She not only gave him the stone, she took out some bread out of that sack as well, and she gave him some bread. And man, he went on his way, and he thought, wow. Man, she don't even know it. And he said, man, I scored big today. A few days later, he came back, and he came to that little, simple lady, and she said, what can I do for you? And he said, I want to bring your stone back, and I'm hoping that I can exchange it for something of greater value. And she said, well, son, what is it that you're hoping to get? And he said, I'm hoping to get what you had when you gave that stone away in the first place. I want that goodness. I want that beneficence. Man, I, I want that, that, that idea of I'm willing to just be a blessing and to give to others. Hey, Calvary, may that ever be our testimony at Calvary Baptist Church. And by the way, I, I'm telling you, I pastor some of the greatest people in the world. I pastor some of the most mission-minded people in the world. But old church, let me tell you something. May we never, may we never, get, may we never get too tied up on the money. This is not the Calvary Baptist Church savings account. This is the Calvary Baptist Church. And we're to be about missions. And we're to be about the gospel. And we're to be about getting people born again and people saved. Goodness, goodness. Are you exhibiting the fruit of goodness? Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, we love you. And thank you for this time that we've had together. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be people of virtue. Lord, help us to be people of high moral standard. God, help us not to live like this world. Help us not to act like this world. Oh, no, no, we're called to a virtuous life. Lord, our friends are, are supposed to see something different in us. Our language can't match theirs. Our behavior can't match theirs. Lord, the way we raise our children is very different than the world. God, we're called to a high moral standard. We're called to goodness. We're called to virtue. But God, we're also called to that beneficence. And Lord, when somebody needs, God, help us to meet that need. God, help us to be givers. Help us to be good. Lord, I pray that you'll bless in this invitation tonight. And Lord, it could be in this service tonight, it could be somebody needs to come to Christ. If that be the case, I pray tonight would be the night. God, work in our hearts, I pray. 
And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. How many are here tonight with heads bowed and you'd say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I'm going to be honest, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. I'm just not sure I'd go to heaven. You might be brand new here tonight. You might be watching by way of live stream. You're brand new. Maybe it's the first time you've, you've ever come across our stream. You're here tonight and you say, Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure I would go to heaven. And I need you to pray for me. Is there anybody here like that tonight would just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, remember me. If I died, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Would you pray? Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? All right. All right. Listen. If the Holy Spirit has dealt with your heart about anything at all tonight that you need to do with the Lord, you come. In just a moment, I'm going to ask some of our personal workers just to tiptoe down to the altars. And if you need somebody to pray with you, maybe you've got a burden that's just a burden that's weighing you down and you just need somebody to pray with you, we'll do that. We'll be glad to pray with you tonight. Would you stand with us all over the house? Father, thank you for this time we've had together. I pray that you'll bless in this invitation. I pray that you'll save the lost. Lord, I pray that you'll show them how much you love them enough to give your only son, Jesus. And I pray they'll come to a saving knowledge of Christ. Father, have thy way tonight. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Listen, if you need to come for anything at all, we're gonna pause just for a moment, okay? And if we can pray with you, we'd love to do that. Will you come while we wait? church you can look up this way tonight we're going to sing this little chorus we've sang it many many times over the course of this series and I hope many of you know it by heart by now let's sing it together tonight before we go alright can you sing it with me spirit of the living God fall fresh on me spirit of the today. We sure thank the Lord for his blessings. We do have visitors spread out around the auditorium. So Calvary, let's make sure all of our visitors get handshakes before they leave tonight. And then if you're watching by way of live stream, I apologize. We have a number on the bottom of your screen right now, 704-327-5662. And if we can pray with you about anything at all, please dial that number. And we have some folks that are waiting right beside the phone to try to be a blessing to you. 
we're going to have a word of prayer, and, uh, and then we're going to relocate. Listen, you can drive down if you want. You don't have to drive. You can walk. You can just walk down through the grass if you want. If you're going to be on the road, just be careful because sometimes people, people do fly up and down this road, and so you might want to be, really be careful about this, especially if you have little ones. Be real, real careful about the roads out here. And uh, so as soon as we sort of relocate down here at the uh, Space Life Center, uh, we're, gonna, we're going to do the ribbon cutting, and then we'll make our way in, and it's air-conditioned inside, and it feels nice. And then out back, as you, uh, you'll start in the auditorium, go downstairs and go through, and as you make your way out back, we've got ice-cold lemonade, we've got cookies and pastries and, and all those kinds of things out there, and so you can take advantage of that and enjoy, uh, in, enjoy the outside, and then you stay as long as you want, and, and uh, that'll be great. All right? All hearts free tonight? How many believe God's good? Amen. God is good. Amen. It's so good to have Brother J.R. and Miss Marie Spies with us here tonight. And th- we're thankful they're going to be down there with us for a little bit. And so I hope you'll come by and shake their hands as well. And, and uh, they may not be able to stay the whole time. We'll just sort of see how things go. But we're glad to have them. Glad to have them, them here tonight. All right. Brother Timmy, come on up here if you will. I'm going to let you dismiss us in a word of prayer. Don't forget our youth conference crowd. They're leaving at 6 o'clock in the morning. And uh, they need our prayers, and so please pray for them that God would give them traveling mercies, safety, and a great week. And we'll see you down here in just a moment. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for another great day in your house. Thank you for everything that you have done today. God, help us as we continue throughout the week to keep our eyes on Jesus and to remember that you are in control of everything. God, help us. As we go down to the new building and help us to get there safely, to have a good time of fellowship, and to praise you and honor you for all that you have done and all that you continue to do here at Calvary. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.